Welcome to the Dope CFO Podcast, where you can find the best information for accountants and bookkeepers that want to start and grow a highly profitable and flexible remote cannabis accounting firm with your host, Andrew Hunziker. Now that's dope. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Hunziker, CPA, also CFO, founder of Dope CFO as well. About my background, I've been a CPA for over 25 years, was at a big four, including PricewaterhouseCoopers. I won the gold medal award for the highest score on the CPA exam, as well as was runner-up for the Portland, Oregon Business Journal CFO of the Year Award in 2017, and I was the first ever cannabis CFO to be nominated. Done lots of startup work as well. Um and love um, teaching all of our community. We have now over 500 people in all 50 states in our Dope CFO program. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today, especially if you're here live. Um, my name is Dave Lewis. I'm the managing partner of Dope CFO Certified Advisors. I'm a certified public accountant and certified fraud examiner. And today just wanted to hop on and kind of give a high-level overview of an area that I at least that we've seen where cannabis companies may be lacking in a little bit, maybe not as robust as they should be. And that's the area of corporate governance, internal controls and accounting policies and procedures. So, I mean, these are so important for any organization, but especially for cannabis companies, just because of how highly regulated they are, the level of risk that they face relative to other organizations and just the complexities in the industry in which they operate. So just to give a quick definition of what corporate governance actually is. So corporate governance is a system of rules, practices, and processes by which a firm is directed or controlled. So what that actually means in a nutshell is it encompasses the strategy of the entire organization. It involves balancing the interests of the company stakeholders, so the shareholders, senior management executives, the customers, the suppliers, uh, government, and even the community. So it's, it's really an all-encompassing philosophy around how a company does business and how they're going to achieve their objectives. So you hear endless stories in the cannabis world about, okay, there's fraud, there's theft, there's losses to the investors, company failures. So Anytime, especially if you're a startup or even if you're maybe a little bit more mature of a company or if you're these companies accountants, you're going to want to actually take this into consideration and make sure their corporate governance is actually well thought out. It's codified and it's actually being promulgated amongst the masses. So um, it's it really does go back to that philosophy that we want to achieve the, or, the organization's strategy. So for cannabis companies, that could mean a lot of different things. That could mean, okay, how are we going to get to a higher exit? What practices do we need to put in place to actually see success in our endeavors? So I think a good way to think about it is, okay, you think it, you look at any other corporation, right? And most of the time, anyone worth their salt, they're going to have an independent board of directors that's going to oversee the key areas of you know, election of officers, financial reporting, strategic direction, executive compensation, things like that. Then you're going to have your executive team that's actually going to be setting the tone at the top for the organization, um, delivering on that strategy and 
basically trickling down the ideals and philosophies of the corporation down to the actual employees. Um, outward facing, it oversees your your accounting um, compliance with state, you know, federal regulations. So really all in all corporate governance encompasses the entire organization. And I think that's probably a pretty good segue into that's a little bit on what we call tone at the top. So this is going to segue well into talking about internal controls. So tone at the top, that's, that's really your starting point of your control process, because let's say you've got an executive team that's maybe a little fast and loose with the rules. They're, they're not too concerned about, about governance. They're not as concerned about compliance. They're kind of just going along and saying, Hey, let's just run this company. However, we feel like it. So what happens there is that philosophy, that attitude trickles down to your employees. And so if you're an executive, you're playing fast and loose with the rules, your employees are going to do that too. So, and that increases your risk for fraud. It increases your risk for uh, really just not meeting your organization's objectives. So when we talk about corporate governance and internal controls, that tone at the top is kind of what marries the two. So want to make sure if, if you're in the cannabis industry and you're listening to this conversation, think about how your employees are perceiving you. Think about what actions you are taking in order to actually achieve your business objectives and minimize your risks. And if you're an accountant listening in on this, you know, maybe it's time if you haven't had the conversation yet with your clients, it's probably a good time to bring this up and say, hey, do we actually have a written governance structure? Do we actually have written down internal controls? And are they actually working and effective? So, so then just to dive a little bit deeper into the internal control portion of it, to give everyone kind of a broad definition, I actually like the IIA's definition best, best, is a control is any action that's taken by management, the board, and other parties to manage risk and increase the likelihood that established objectives and goals will be achieved. So I know most of the time when people think internal controls, it's, it's minimizing fraud is probably the first thing that comes to their mind. And yes, that's, that's absolutely important. But the real overarching goals of having internal controls, um, robust internal controls in your organization, is actually to meet those business objectives effectively. So think about it in terms of, okay, you're, you're a cultivator and every month you need to be doing counts and weights of your, of your plants, right? So if you don't do that, one, you're not meeting your business objective because you don't actually know how much you have on hand. So it's hard to anticipate, okay, what's going to be, what's the yield going to be at harvest? One, two, we don't know if, hey, you know, it's it's one thing if the plants are in the ground, it's easy to see. But if, you know, you've got trim or flower that you dried out and you're not counting it as a control, then you know, you, you don't know if the product's actually maybe walking off somewhere with an employee. So. Um, and then down the road, when you want to go to sell it and it's not there, makes you look bad, cuts in your profits. Uh, and it's just all around not a great, great strategy for success. So internal controls are absolutely important to implement in your organization. There's plenty of different ways to think about them. There's a lot of different ones. So I just like to touch on in the short time we have some of the most important ones. Um, 
I think the biggest one that I see that gets ignored the most is segregation of duties. So think about incompatible job duties that you don't want one single employee performing. So let's think about it in terms of cash controls, because that's a major issue in this industry. Most, most cannabis companies are going to be very cash intensive. So take, take a dispensary. You don't want the same person that's handling the cash at the end of the day to also be the one that can put that cash into the accounting records. Because you can see how that could be a major problem. I say I take in $10,000. I record 9,900 of it in the accounting system. And then I've got access to the cash. So I just pocket the other hundred. It's like it was never even there. So, so the key points with segregation of duties is you don't want the same person who has custody of an asset to have the ability to keep records regarding those assets um, performing reconciliations of the records. And yeah, you want that separated out so that essentially different people are doing those jobs. And starting out, especially for startups, sometimes you don't always have the staff levels necessary to adequately separate those duties out. In which case, you've got to put kind of some compensating controls in place. So there needs to be a second set of eyes on everything all the time. Uh, same thing with inventory, just, just like I was mentioning. As far as the counts go, um, you want one person counting, you want someone else verifying, uh, and then you want someone else putting them in or adjusting the accounting records. And those all need to be different people just to make sure that nothing's walking away, essentially. And one of the other key controls that needs to be in place for every organization, especially cannabis, is proper authorization of transactions and activities. So say we want to go out and buy a big piece of equipment over a certain dollar threshold. Well, me as just your standard employee, your purchasing agent, shouldn't be able to just go out and do that. You actually want some kind of guidance in place to go ahead and say, okay, I need to go for this dollar amount. I have to go and get authorization from the president for, oh, this is a really big purchase. I should probably have to take that to the board of directors in order to get that authorized. So purchasing controls, hugely important. Um, same thing with keeping adequate documents and records. You need to have a system in place to make sure you're tracking all of your purchases, all of your sales, um, all of your corporate documents. So having Having that set up, having a perpetual data room is a great example um, where all of your documents are in one place. They're controlled by a limited number of people um, just to keep safeguards on everything. And then the other thing, think about a dispensary. Another key one is physical control over your assets. So um, cash is a big one. Keep your cash in a vault. Don't keep it out in a bag on the floor, right? Uh, same thing with your inventory. Keep it behind locked cases where only certain people have access to it. So this minimizes that, that risk of fraud that's there. And it also makes sure you're achieving your business objectives by one, having that inventory on hand, having it accessible to only a few people. And then finally, you know, the other key control, have an independent check on your performance. You know, have you don't necessarily have to have a dedicated internal audit team depending on your size, but 
there needs to be someone independent of any of these processes coming in on occasion and actually checking on these internal controls and making sure they're you know, well thought out, actually implemented and working effectively. And you know, the key thing I want to point out for any company, but especially cannabis companies, is you need to be thinking about how these controls work and have them set up from day one. So not after you start making revenue, you need to have them by day one because it ensures the integrity of your accounting and financial reports. And it's important to investors as well because any savvy investor is one, one is going to want to see your corporate governance structure. And two, they want to know that you are minimizing their risk by putting in a set of internal controls that are robust and well-functioning. So don't wait until after you're getting revenue in to think about this. Again, you know, rock solid accounting, it's the foundation for your entire business and internal controls is a key part of that. And last thing I'll just touch on briefly is once you've thought all these out, once you've thought about your corporate governance structure, once you've thought about what internal controls you need, it's important to write them down. And that's where your accounting manual is going to come in, your accounting policies and procedures. So it contains should contain all your internal controls for each of your business cycles. So revenue receivables, expenses payables, uh, your fixed assets, and even your HR policies, you know, those can be separate, but Again, those are key areas of control that you want to want to codify. And your policies and procedures should list out, you know, the actual details of how the things are done. So who's doing it? When are they doing it? When, <laughs> how are we going to report things? So, I mean, all of it flows together really well to make sure that your accounting tax, your financials are timely, everything's accurate and complete and reported correctly. So, again. Just to reiterate, the point of your internal control structure is to make sure one, you're minimizing your risk, and two, you are achieving your business objectives as effectively as possible. It's gonna make you as executive leaders happy, it's gonna make your employees happy because they're gonna understand clearly what their jobs are, what they need to do in certain situations, and three, it's going to make your investors and your board happy. So uh, I just can't stress enough how big of a risk it is to not have these in place and how much of an advantage it is to, to have them in place. You've been listening to the Dope CFO Cannabis Accounting Podcast. Every other Monday, we air tips and insights on cannabis and CBD hemp accounting. Make sure you subscribe today and also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. We're pretty much everywhere for more advice, tips, industry news as well. Um, to find out more about our cannabis and CBD accounting program, visit dopecfo.com and don't forget to be dope.